John Collins Muhammad was just elected to represent the 21st Ward on the Board of Aldermen. He'll try to be a strong voice for a part of North St. Louis that struggled with crime and disinvestment. The Democrat joins us next on another edition of Politically Speaking, so let's hit the music. This is the Politically Speaking podcast, a candid conversation with the Show Me State's biggest political newsmakers. I'm Jason Merzenbaum. And I'm Joe Manis. That's Eric Reitens, Navy (laughs) SEALs running for governor, and I'm really, really glad to be on with you, Jason and Joe. I'm going to push back on these regulators. I'm doing this for the people. I was encouraged along the way, not just by my family, but by a lot of teachers and professors and knew when I was in college that I would run for office someday. We're very excited about the prospect of having some more free market solutions. Even though after the conversation, I still might not agree. We want our listeners to get a real sense of what drives these people. They're actually people with a story to tell. And welcome to the Politically Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Rosenbaum, a reporter with St. Louis Public Radio. Joining me in studios today is... Colleague Joe Manis. And our special guest, a a person that will take his aldermanic seat in less than two weeks, I think? I don't know. He will take City Hall by storm. Take City Hall by storm. (laughs) We have as our special guest today. Hey, how's it going? I'm happy to be here. And what's uh, your name, by the way? <laughs> oh, I just want to just want to talk. Okay. John Collins Muhammad, the alderman elect for the 21st ward. Before we, you know, blitz you with hard questions, uh, just tell our listeners what the 21st ward is and what neighborhoods you're going to be representing in a couple weeks. Absolutely, the 21st ward is situated in North City, St. Louis, uh, composed of several neighborhoods: uh, the O'Fallon Park neighborhood, the Penrose neighborhood, the Greater Vale neighborhood and also the Kingsway East neighborhood. And I also represent parts of the College Hill neighborhood uh, that I also share with Alderman, uh, Alderman Lake Bosley in the third ward. Uh, so it's right off of uh, the Natural Bridge corridor, right on the other side of the West Florissant corridor. Uh, so I am excited to represent this beautiful and vibrant community. And we're excited to have you on our show. There were several people on Twitter that were demanding that you be on. And, and to be to be candid, as I'm sure you know, I, I told you after you won, I wanted you to be on this show. I'm glad that you took the time to, to be with us. Now, just so our listeners know, <laughs> uh, you will succeed Antonio French, who in effect gave up a seat uh, to run for mayor. Right. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of your your background, what you did before you started running for office, anything people should know about John Collins Muhammad. Well, I am a product of St. Louis. Uh, I lived in St. Louis all my life. I lived in North City all my life. I grew up in the Vail neighborhood. Uh, Originally, I'm from the Fourth Ward, uh, represented right now by Alderman Sam Moore. I moved to the 21st Ward in 2010. and I see the reality that uh, our people are actually going through. I see the issues that they are facing. And it's just frustrating to me when you see politicians that continuously do the same thing every day, every year, every election cycle, not bringing any real solutions to the table. And that's what encouraged me to run for office in the first place. Uh, I ran for state representative last year, and I did not win. A uh, quick shout-out to Representative Steve Roberts, who is now a good <laughs> friend of mine. I actually like Steve. I like him. You I, lost, think I think you only lost by 700 votes. It was a pretty competitive race. I think there were points where it got testy uh, at certain <laughs> points. I, I mean, to be candid, I didn't follow that race particularly closely, but I, I do know that there was some litigation behind the scenes that I don't really want to get into on this show involving residencies, which I think 
doesn't matter because no matter. one does. Because it doesn't matter. But the point is just formalities. It's yeah. just formalities. <laughs> just formalities. Now you're going to be part of one of of a larger freshman class than usual for the board of aldermen, and mm-hmm. a number of younger people. Now you are 25, correct? The exact 25 age, years old. Exact age, the the minimum age that you can be in the board. Well, when there's a number of new fresh faces and. This is going back a few decades when I covered the board and that happened. This is in the late 70s. But I know it does really change the dynamic and the, and the atmosphere of the board and sometimes even how it operates, even though you're still going to have the same board board president, Lewis Reed, calling some of the organizational shots. So have you reached out to some of your other new aldermen? And are there anything in particular that you hope to... Um, do from the get-go, either from rule changes or certain thing, committees that you want to be on or certain um, issues that you want to uh, focus on right away? Absolutely. So um, this incoming class uh, that will be sworn in in less than two weeks, there are six of us uh, coming in, and it is a larger class than normal. And we have all had conversations uh, collectively and individually about how we want to see the Board of Aldermen move forward. Uh, what does that look like in terms of what do we want to get done? Uh, and I'm excited about that. Uh, the first thing that I want to work on is actually uh, just listening. Uh, I want to sit down and just learn as much as possible from the other senior aldermen. Um, the Board of Aldermen is, a, is a, a tedious place. It works a little differently. So I just want to learn in order so I can be effective. Um, and I think every senior alderman has something different to offer me, uh, whether it's their litigation experience, whether it's their legislative experience, whether it is being a uh, avid uh, advocate in their communities. I want to learn everything as much as possible so I can be effective for the 21st Ward and for the city uh, in general. Now, before we get into issues, I do want to talk a little bit about the campaign you just won. One thing that I've been harping on a little bit on social media to, as, as kind of an impressive feat is that you did not spend a lot of money to win this seat. I think it was about, you told me before the show, $1,700 or so. By comparison, the winner of my ward, the 16th ward, Tom Oldenburg, spent tens of thousands of dollars to get to the Board of Aldermen against another opponent who spent tens of thousands of dollars. So I just want to get a sense of like how you won by spending <laughs> that little amount of money, what campaigning was like, because from, from talking to you before, it was definitely meet the voter hand-to-hand combat, so to speak. What do you think caused you to win this? Because a lot of people thought that this was a pretty surprising win, given that you didn't have to shell out a lot of money, basically. <laughs> uh, well, it's just what you, uh, just exactly what you just said. Uh, going door-to-door, meeting the voters. Uh, nothing beats that knock on the door. Nothing beats me sitting down at their living room table or at their kitchen table talking about issues and about my plan moving forward. Uh, I know when I knock on the door, I know the goal is to get inside. And that's exactly what happened in this past automatic uh, election. Um, so it's just reaching out to voters. Uh, money is not always the, the answer to the problem. Uh, if you can get out and uh, express your message and you can actually touch the heart of the voters, then you got them right there. And that's all it takes. And, and, you, and won by, exactly. you, won, you won by 29 votes, is that correct? 29, 30 votes? About 34. It was a close it race. It was real close. It was a close competitive race. Laura Keyes was the, the second uh, place finisher. She's a committee woman. She was actually Antonio French's choice to, to succeed him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that wasn't successful because we're not interviewing <laughs> her so, right now. Now, what was your key message when you're going door to door? And was there a particular issue or two 
that you could tell swayed voters as you were t- as you were going around the neighborhoods? Absolutely. I mean, the message was always the same, and it was uh, change only happens when ordinary people get involved and get actively engaged. Um, so I need you to hold me accountable, and I will hold our community accountable. But I need your help to get in. You know, just believe in my ability to bring about change in City Hall, and collectively we can bring about change uh, in our neighborhoods. And that was, that was my exact message, and it resonated real well with voters. And the biggest issues uh, that are facing my community, um, of course, is economics, the lack mm-hmm. of uh, access, the lack of opportunities, and the lack of options. And that's what's real big on my ward right now. And of course, crime. Crime is always the issue throughout the city. Uh, whether you're in O'Fallon Park or whether you're in Forest Park, crime is going to be uh, the biggest issue. So crime and economics is what uh, voters wanted to hear my plan on. So let's talk about some of those things more in depth. Let's start with crime. Um, the incoming mayor, Lida Krusen, made that a, a pretty big emphasis of her campaign. She's talked about hiring more police officers. I'm actually supposed to be talking with her in about an hour and a half about whether she's going to use some of this new use tax money for, for, for public safety. From talking with you over the phone, I think that you may have a different perspective on what needs to be done uh, with, with, with the police and public safety, especially given what I see as a real divide and disconnect between the St. Louis Police Department and the African-American community. So I'd like you to explain what you would want to see on that front. Uh, a true community uh, collaboration, and that's what's missing. Uh, uh, we, need poli- we don't need more police officers. We need police officers who are truly uh, vested in the communities in which they serve, and that's what we have a lack of in my opinion. Um, uh, in my ward, we have two community liaison officers that I believe are awesome, completely awesome. It is uh, Officer Eric Armstead and Officer uh, uh, Crystal Moore of the 6th District. And they do a fantastic job in trying to bridge that gap between uh, blue shirts and uh, people of color in my community. And they are also uh, African Americans. but. Uh, even for a young black man or a young black woman, when you see a cop, you don't see skin color. All you see is the badge. And that, are, that automatically creates a division, a disconnect. And we have to learn how to bridge that disconnect and that division. And it starts with a true community collaboration. And that's what's missing. Do you think that that, that part of the solution is more police officers? Or, or, or do, you, do you take that off the table? I take that off the table. Can you explain why? Because we don't need more police officers. Um, we need more opportunities. When you look at crime statistics and you look at the communities where crime is most severe, there's a lack of opportunities. There's a lack of, of jobs, a lack of resources. So we don't need more police. We just need more uh, opportunities, more access, uh, uh, more resources for communities that are struggling, more resources for communities that are uh, 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 poverty-stricken. That's what we need. Now, um, if you're, when you get on the board, are there certain things that you will be advocating to do in order to create those more opportunities and to try to get more um, jobs either in the ward or at least available to people who live in the ward? Absolutely. So right now, um, we, we don't have a lot of businesses in the 21st Ward. Uh, so the business that we do have, I'm actively talking to them and pursuing them, uh, hoping that they are happy 
in the 21st Ward, trying to keep them in the 21st Ward. And in order for me to bring in more business owners, uh, I have to market the community. I need a community where people will feel safe, where people uh, want, want to actually come to work every day. And that starts with just rebuilding the community, uh, complete community revitalization, uh, focusing on economic development. It, one of the things that was brought up often in the mayoral campaign was this disparity of incentives. Uh, for someone like Tashara Jones, for example, mentioned numerous times, and some other candidates did too, that a lot of the incentives were going to the Central Corridor and not going to places like the 21st Ward and, and the rest of North City and parts of South City too. Um, what would you do as aldermen to basically even out the dis- even out the incentives to make sure your community is getting your fair share, essentially? It starts with being an active uh, advocate in the Board of Aldermen. Um, when you look at the Board of Aldermen now, uh, out of 28 wards that we have, you have 11 African Americans that represent the 11 African American wards. Um, and honestly, you see a lack of advocacy in the Board of Aldermen. You see a lack of true representation uh, because no one is excited. No one really wants to uh, uh, truly represent the interest and the issues that's going on in our wards because they don't see an even playing field. They don't see uh, a system where they can get it from. So it starts with just being aware and conscious, and it starts with working together. Um, I think once we start... Uh, collaboration with each other, uh, working with the mayor's office and other alder people, uh, that, especially the aldermen that actually surround your community, damn progress starts and progress happens. And that's how you create a even and equal playing field. I mentioned uh, on the outset about the use tax, which is basically a tax that businesses pay on out-of-state purchases. Because Proposition 1 raised the sales tax by a half a cent um, and Proposition 2 failed, and that would have diverted that money to a stadium, that money is now going to go into a bunch of different directions. It'll go into affordable housing, public health, and if if certain thresholds are met, it could go into things like public safety and other things. I'm I'm not sure that you as an alderman will be the only person deciding on where that money goes. Obviously, the mayor, the board of aldermen president, the comptroller may have a bigger say. But given the fact that there is going to be some additional resources that could go to those things, where would you like to see it? What 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 areas would you like to see that money go to? I hope it goes to housing. Uh, when you look at my ward especially, I have over 1,000 vacant and LRA properties. Uh, these properties are uh, dilapidated, falling apart, and just completely uh, uh, terrible and horrendous to look at. And it's exactly what people are living next to. This is what uh, homeowners and taxpayers are paying for living next to a vacant building that's been sitting there for 10, uh, 20 plus years. Re- repeat how, how many are in your ward again? I have over 1,000. Over uh, 1,000? Over 1,000 vacant buildings. Okay. Yeah. Any thoughts? About, I mean, would you like to see them raised or rehabbed, or does it depend on where they are? It depends on the condition of the building. Uh, some buildings can be saved and some cannot. Um, the buildings that can be saved needs to be rehabbed uh, immediately, uh, as soon as possible, um, because that's how you market the ward. You know, I cannot bring in developers or I cannot um, uh, try to get homeowners to come into my community if I don't have a house for them to go into or if I have uh, neighborhoods that 
look like third world countries. And that's exactly what the 21st world looks like right now, unfortunately. I'm curious, what were your opinions on Proposition 1 and 2? I know that you were uh, supported by Mobilize Missouri, so I'm I'm guessing you're not a huge fan of stadiums. But I know that Proposition 1, there were some progressive activists that liked it and some that didn't. What was kind of your your feeling on it, given that it has passed? And there are some doubts that the places where they say it's going to be allocated to are actually going to get funding like light rail expansion and public safety. What, what, what's kind of your feeling on, on Proposition 1? So um, the stadium piece is a sensitive subject to some. Um, while I am not against the stadium, uh, I was not in support of it either. Um, I saw it as a two-fold project. It would bring some tourists and convention opportunities to the city of St. Louis, but it also took money uh, that the city of St. Louis doesn't have. Uh, right now, the city is uh, bankrupt. And that's exactly what our tr- uh, treasurer, Tashara, said. That's exactly what our comptroller uh, also said. So we didn't have the financial means to build a stadium. Uh, but the opportunities that come along with it, I thought were pretty awesome. The community's benefits package that came apart as a deal, I thought was pretty cool. It gave uh, high schools the opportunity to, you know, play in a state-of-the-art stadium. I think that's pretty cool. If I was a high school student and I was playing soccer or football or, or anything, I would love to play inside of a brand new stadium. Mm-hmm. So that was a cool uh, uh, factor. But when you look at the condition of North St. Louis, when you look at the reality that people are actually living, uh, paycheck to paycheck, uh, failing school district, uh, small business owners closing their doors, a stadium should not be the first priority. Mm-hmm. Now, be, as I mentioned before, the sales tax is going to be going up. Do you feel that it's going up so high that it's going to inhibit your ability to attract businesses in, in your area or any place in the city? Yes and no. Um, regardless of a sales tax or uh, a sales tax increase, uh, People still need the basic essentials. People still are going to shop at uh, grocery stores. People are still going to uh, eat at restaurants. People are still going to buy whatever it is that they need. Uh, So yes and no. Uh, It makes it a little harder. Uh, But I don't think that it it, uh, disables me to bring in uh, business owners. Now, um, as you, are there some first things that you want to do when you're at City Hall? Um, do you plan to hold some town hall meetings or just what sort of things might you do to further engage your constituents with what's going on at City Hall and how it might affect them? Absolutely. So that first starts working with the committee man and committee woman, James and Laura Keys. Um, do you get along well with them? Uh, we have a cordial relationship. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I, she, he just I know, beat her. I <laughs> know that. I know that. But that's, that's a fair. Que- I, but that is a fair question. That's what I'm getting yeah, at. I, I, I mean, I'm, because I'm being, yeah. he is not the first alderman in St. Louis to have won when the committee people back somebody else, and in some cases they have forged alliances subsequently. In other cases, there's been warfare that's gone on for years. Depends on the ward. Depends on. The personalities. I was just interested since the election, um, since the primary, kind of what. So you you said no. so. Have you talked to her? Just talk about that a little bit. Uh, yeah, we have talked. You know, the question reminds me of uh, back in two thousand eight uh, or two thousand nine, actually, when President Obama uh, beat Senator McCain, and 
his 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 big thing was focusing on restructuring the military, bringing troops home. And Senator McCain was actually the uh, ranking member of the Judiciary Committee in the Senate. Yes. And they were talking about this together. And a reporter asked the president or the president-elect, how's it going to be working with Senator McCain? You just beat him. And the president said, well, I beat him. Uh, we're going to work together. And that's it. So, uh, and the same applies to me and the committee, man and committee woman. Uh, we're going to work together to do uh, whatever we need to do that's in the best interest of the ward. Um, we have had conversations. Uh, we have spoken. And we all want the same thing. And that's progression in the 21st Ward. That's my plan moving forward. That's my goal. Uh, and that's my exact intentions. What are kind of your impressions of the, the future mayor, Lida Cruz? And I saw on social media that she stopped by the 21st Ward. I'm not sure if you've had detailed conversations with her, but what's kind of your impressions of her um, before she comes into office? And what are you expecting of her? Because she's going to be representing the entire entirety of St. Louis. Um, and I think that there are a lot of people who have high expectations for her to deliver. I, I'd be interested in your take on that. Um, uh, I have met with Lida uh, several times. Um, I think she is a nice person. Um, I don't agree with every one of her policies. Um, when you look at her uh, voting record on the Board of Aldermen, it has not been uh, that. that has, uh, it has not been of one that should be uh, impressive to black residents or residents in North St. Louis, and that's just the reality. Uh, but I do think that she can be a friend to North City. Right now, North St. Louis has not had uh, representation at Room 200. So Lida has the opportunity and a chance to uh, do something that has not been done in the past 16 years, and that's be a mayor for both sides of Del Mar, be a mayor for uh, North City uh, constituents and residents. Uh, and I'm only optimistic and hopeful. Um, I hope, uh, I hope, I can only hope that she would do what she needs to do uh, for North St. Louis. Uh, one of the things that is going to be interesting to see is the Board of Aldermen is 100% Democratic, but it does not mean that they agree on everything. In fact, it's often factionalized between people that support the mayor on a given issue and people that don't. And from the results of the election, I'm not really sure that future Mayor Krusen is going to have as big of an aldermanic majority to pass controversial things as Slay did. I think her margin of error is a lot lower, and she's going to need people that may not have supported her in the campaign to get some big agenda items through. From talking with your, your fellow uh, newcomers and maybe some people that are there, is that the impression that you're getting that that's that that could be the, the challenge for her going forward if she wants to pass legislation? No. Um, I think the challenge will be actually listening to uh, the alderman and actually working with them comprehensively to develop a plan to move the city forward collectively and also move individual wards together. Uh, I think that's going to be the challenge, um, and that's need, that needs to be LIDA's focus. That needs to be LIDA's uh, uh, goal is actually establishing a relationship with each individual uh, alderman. Now, you the, what, when you were talking about her a few minutes ago, the implication I got was that 
you weren't too keen on Mayor Slay, the outgoing mayor. Is that accurate? And if so, what I mean, what are your criticisms and what things might she need to know? I mean, now that you're going to be on the board, things, issues that either concern you about Slay that you want to see if she reacts differently or whatever. Uh, well, Mayor Slay, uh, he's been mayor for a long time. Uh, but he has not been a mayor that has addressed the needs of his constituent body uh, in its totality. Um, I think he's done some great things as far as revitalizing downtown St. Louis, as far as bringing in major corporations to the city. He's done some phenomenal things. But uh, there's so much more that he could have done that he hasn't done. And I hope that Lida uh, will do exactly what he didn't have a chance to do. That's it. Um, I did not vote for Mercer in 2013, but uh, I don't think that he was a terrible mayor. I don't think that he was an uh, unproductive mayor, but he could have done so much more for North City. And I think when you look at the state of North City and when you look at, um, uh, uh, when you look at the status of families in North St. Louis, I think that speaks to the mayor's leadership. Do you think the fact that there are going to be several new aldermen from North St. Louis, including Brandon Bosley, Pamela Boyd as well, and also some new newcomers from Southeast St. Louis and South St. Louis, do you think that'll change the the conversation and discussion given that it's it's kind of bringing new people and new perspectives to, 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 to drive the conversation? I hope so. Um, and I do think so. Uh, I'm optimistic about that. Uh, you know, Every now and then, you have to start over. You have to bring in something new, uh, some new leadership, some new blood to shake things up a little bit. And I think that's the, that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, I'm very excited about uh, Alderman Bosley. Uh, his ward actually borders my ward uh, right at Blair and Linton, uh, community that we share, that, that College Hill community. Mm -hmm. And that College Hill community is suffering. Uh, it kind of breaks my heart every time I... I drive by that community. Every time I knock on doors in that community, it breaks my heart uh, because you see exactly how people are actually living. Like the stories that you read about are actually true. Families who can't pay their light bill, families who can't afford to eat every night. Um, a single citizen who is choosing to buy her medicine or choosing to eat. Like these things actually happen. Uh, so I'm excited about the new leadership that we have in the Board of Aldermen. And I hope that we all work together to solve the issues that we're going through. Now, um, are there particular goals that you're setting for yourself for the first year or two? Absolutely. Learning. Learning as much as possible. Um, like I said, we have some senior aldermen that bring something different to the table, whether that's uh, Alderman Sam Moore or Alderwoman Sharon Tyus. Um, have you talked to either one of them since you're— I have. Okay. I have. I uh, just ask them different questions. Uh-huh. Um, ask them how certain things go. Uh, uh, what's the flow? How does this work? What do you do about this problem? Uh, you know, what do you say to a constituent that calls your phone and tells you they can't pay their light bill, they can't pay their gas bill? Like, what do you say? What do you direct them? Because that has happened, and I'm not even swearing in yet. Mm -hmm. So 
You will be soon. So. I will be soon. Now, have you talked with Have you talked to President Reed at all at length? Um, he is going to be board of aldermen president for at least two more years. I'm not sure if he's going to run for another term. I think there's a lot of speculation about that. There's already candidates who have said they're going to run in 2019, like State Senator Jamila Nasheed, and I'm sure she's not the only person thinking about that. How effective do you think he's going to be able to lead the board of aldermen? With A, that uncertainty, and B, after he lost this mayoral race, and, you know, that obviously may change his perspectives on what issues are important. I'm just curious about that point because he does play a pretty big role in how the Board of Aldermen works. Um, I have spoken to the president. Um, I spoke to him about the issues facing the 21st Ward and about what I want to get done in the Board of Aldermen to move forward. we can talk about the uh, uh, politics all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a candidate anymore. I just now want to focus on the next four years in the Board of Aldermen. And uh, I look forward to working with President Reed and any, any other member of the Board of Aldermen uh, and doing what needs to be done to help my ward and to help my residents. But um, I only wish President Reed the best. Um, I, I honestly don't care about the uh, political future of the president of the Board of Aldermen. I don't care who's a candidate and who's not. Mm-hmm. I just care about the reality and the issues and concerns that people are actually going through. I, I mentioned that because from watching the Board of Aldermen in the months before the mayoral election, you could tell some of the mayoral politics was starting to bleed into the proceedings, especially when you started talking about funding stadiums and all that stuff. I think that that might dissipate because there's not a campaign for two years. The mayor is going to be mayor for four years. And I, as we've mentioned throughout the totality of the show, the amount of issues that are afflicting the city are so vast that I, I think the time for politics is basically over right now. It really should be over no matter what. But sometimes they, that, that is the reality. Well, politics underlies everything. And many of these issues that we're talking about, they've been around at different levels for decades. I mean, you know, some of the same issues with poverty and um, vacant buildings and this stuff. This was really, really serious in the the 70s, you know, when I was at City Hall. So, I mean, and then it gets better, then it gets worse. Depends on a lot of things, including federal policies, whether or not there's any federal help, whether or not the corporate community is really involved, whether or not there's commitment at City Hall, how well people work together. It's just a variety of things. So this will be interesting to watch. this new group coming in as the board and how much they change things or don't once they get going. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Jason, you're right. Yeah, the mayoral campaign did bleed into the Board of Aldermen uh, this past election cycle, uh, and that's a problem because now we let politics actually affect the, uh, the, the power that's in the Board of Aldermen. And that power is changing lives, that power is changing the conditions of the community. So instead of focusing on the problem, everyone was focused on getting uh, what they wanted, their own self-gain. And that's a problem with politics today. No one is actually uh, interested in a progression of the communities they represent, or at least that's what we saw in this past uh, election through the Board of Aldermen. How how can Uh, you change that paradigm as a new alderman? It starts with being held accountable. that's why I tell my constituents now, uh, I still go door to door every day. That's exactly what I say, hold me accountable. Uh, this is my phone number, this is my email. 
make sure I'm doing what I need to do. Uh, if you see a problem or you have an issue, call me. And if I don't get back with you, if I don't do what I said I'm going to do, call me out on it because I want to be held accountable. I want to make sure that I am accessible, that I am open, and that I'm transparent. And that's how progress starts. Uh, but we all have to hold each other accountable. You know, um, the issues that affect my ward are just not in my ward. You know, crime don't know war boundaries. Poverty doesn't know war boundaries. Uh, I'm surrounded by four different wards. And whatever happens in my ward will affect theirs, vice versa. So it starts with being transparent, starts with working together, and it starts with actually getting stuff done. Well, we just want to thank you for coming on our show. Is we we hope in the next two or three years to have you back several times and talk <laughs> talk less about what you want to do and what's going on and and the issues that are afflicting both your community and the board of aldermen. For all of our stories, stlpublicradio.org. Follow me on Twitter at Jay Rosenbaum. Follow Joe on Twitter at Jay Manis. That's J-M-A-N-N-I-E-S. And how could people find out more about you either on the World Wide Web or otherwise? Follow me on all social media, and it's at John C. Muhammad. Thank you very much. We'll be back next week. Until then, so long. (laughs) 